You're listening to A Woman of Her Word, where we discuss modern day millennial issues that matter from a feminist and faith-based perspective. With the House reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. Mr. Secretary, the, the time belongs to the gentlelady. Let's start the show. Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to another episode of A Woman of Her Word. I'm your host, Latoya Sharice. And on today, I have the wonderful pleasure of inviting two guests to the show. I'm so excited. This is my first panel, and I couldn't think of two better women to come on, especially to talk about millennial motherhood. I have first my sister, Shativia, and then I have my sister from another mister, Sherelle, on the show. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for being on. I am so excited about this topic. You know, we're in this series Millennial moms want to know. And I thought to myself, you know, we've talked about preconception health before you get pregnant, what you should do, how you should prepare your body, you know, working with a doula during the maternal health stage. And then we're all in the way beyond postpartum. We are actually living it. We're walking it out. What this motherhood journey is. Tiva, you know, you are a twin mom. You want to talk about that? How old your twins are? Um, the girls are five maternal twins, and it's it's quite an experience. I'll just say that. Yes, yes. If you could define motherhood in one sentence, how would you define motherhood? I think motherhood is a combination of patience mm-hmm. and sacrifice. Ooh. I think if you're not sacrificing anything, you're not really doing what you need to do because wow. I've made sacrifices since they've been born. Since before that, probably. I love that. And Sherelle, you are a boy mom like myself. How old is little man now? <laughs> Four. Four. He's right behind our kids who are five. Yes. So you're going on 40 because he just tells me things that blow me away all the time. Oh my gosh. I believe it. And then you have the little puppy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a dog mom too. Dog mom too, exactly. Actually, he's not even a puppy. He's a grown man too. <laughs> okay. So yes, yeah, so you have a little four-year-old. How would you describe motherhood in one sentence? And then I'm gonna go last and share how I would describe motherhood. I know that's a hard question. It is a hard question because there's so many things that I can say, but I feel like it's an essay that never ends. It's an essay that you never finished writing. I love that. An essay that you never finished writing. Combination of sacrifice you shared. And what was the other? And patience. Nice. And then to introduce myself. So I have a five-year-old. I'm a boy mom as well. So our kids, you know, Tiva and I, we are almost Irish twins because we're like a little over a year and, and a half apart. 17 months. 17 months apart. And then our, this is the funny story. Whenever I introduce our kids, I always say this hilarious thing. So when I got pregnant, because our kids are only two months apart. So we were pregnant essentially at the same exact time. And the irony of this is when I got pregnant, I don't know if it was this me being selfish, because I have the first grandchild. I was like, Tiva, don't get pregnant. She did tell me that. That's so funny. I wasn't even thinking like, why would you say that? I just jinxed my whole self. I don't know why I said that. I just wanted all the baby attention. And then she goes and has twins. So she just like made it worse. (laughs) But not even like I really enjoyed being pregnant with my actual sister because then what I was going through, we can talk about. We had a similar language. Not only that, our kids are essentially like all siblings. So there was really no pressure on my my womb, you know, to be popping babies out, you know, because my grand, my mom, who's our, the grandma, had three grandkids in the span of like two months. So how would I describe motherhood in a sentence? I would describe motherhood as, I loved your answers, an essay, sacrifice. I would describe it as an awakening. I think after you become a parent, there's a whole new life that begins, when you and you it's hard to remember what life is like before and the the angle that I always like to talk about motherhood in and the lens I like to talk about motherhood 
is essentially even as our age because we young hot moms you know what i mean it's like essentially there's the adulting phase and then there's also the matriarch sort of phase and it's it's essentially you creating who you are with a dual identity so it's awakening a part of you that you know was always there but has to begin the moment you find out okay this is positive let me awaken all these mama bears sort of perspectives and that's where the sacrifice comes in that's where the patience comes in that's where the nurturing comes in all these things are for the most part laying dormant until you become a parent so i would say it's an awakening awakening a new part of who you are in a moment in a moment it's like flipping a switch right. i agree <laughs> this is so fun i love having more than one guest on the show this is going to be amazing so we're going to go into the this or that you guys both know i love doing this or that because it allows for the audience to get to know you in a fun way and there's a lot of fun topics we're going to begin with so why not start here so i'll start with you sherelle since i started with shativia first i'm going to give you guys two options and you're just going to share which one and why so because we're talking about hot mom summer i have a lot of summary sort of uh responses here summer themed responses so the first options this first one is are you more beachside or are you more poolside are you going on vacay where you at boo <laughs> what's your preference uh i would probably say beachside yes and the last beach you were on i was on the beach in the grill yes jamaica jamaica, jamaica. <laughs> beachside and why you prefer beach the, the resort had pools, but I spent more time on the beach. Um, there were better opportunities for pictures of the landscape, you know, the little cabanas, the shade, food and a drink. It was more quiet because, you know, the children are more in the pools. Mm-hmm. We try to escape them kids. Quiet. You get to see the sunset rise. Don't you give me all the feels, sis, because we know we got our trip coming up soon. So I'm like, ooh, I have a lot to look forward to. <laughs> and what about you, Tiva? Are you more beachside or poolside? So I haven't been able to get out much in terms of traveling. Same. But I did go to one of the beach pools in Queens. I forgot the name of it. One of my friends took me. Nice. There's a beach and then there's a pool, but I hate the beach. I know. I was going to say no side. <laughs> absolutely hate the beach. So no beach. But enjoyed the pool. Okay. I'm such an introvert. I just like to be in my own bubble. Okay. And I think that's what the pool, you know, pool vibes give me that. Yes. I like a lot of people around. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. The beach is certainly a very social environment. So, okay, we got one for the beach, one for the pool. I would have to say beach. So, yeah, the real beach that I was at last was also in Jamaica. And I just remember laying on the sand and falling asleep and it being the most peaceful sleep I've ever had. And there are a lot of people who download like apps where you hear like the ocean and all these things and to, to be there in the flesh, like at the actual site where I didn't need any, it was just beautiful. It was so serene. Yes. I love it. I can't wait for that. And our trip, which we're going to talk about a little bit too. So the next one I have, are we wine more on the wine side or are we doing margaritas we'll start off with you tiva <laughs> i don't really, i don't drink so what's the third option then no uh, wine no margaritas i mean if i had to choose i would choose white wine white wine okay i'll go second to switch it up i'm more of a rosé i am a rosé mommy okay i love margaritas but i would say rosé I actually been to Rose Mansion when they had that pop up. I really enjoyed that. So, what about you, Sherelle? I think it depends. It depends <laughs> on what's happening, where we are. Because if we're out on a night in town, I want the margaritas with the margaritas. salt on the rim. Yes, with but the salt on the rim. If it's home and we're relaxed, I'll do the wine. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's that's for real. Depends on the mood. Depends on the mood. Absolutely. Yes. If I do go with margaritas, I'm doing no salt, frozen, never on the rocks, but I, I feel you. Love, <laughs> love the margaritas. Love the margaritas. I need to learn how to make them at home. That would be real clutch. And the last one would be for our trips. 
are we bringing baby? Or are we leaving them with granny? Are we bringing baby? Are I mean, we- I would love to take a trip with the girls, of course, so they can experience, you know, experience things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would prefer to leave them at home mm-hmm. in order to have the fun that I want to have. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I dread traveling with two babies two toddlers they're not even toddlers sis they preschoolers they grown up they grown. <laughs> i don't know what they are at this point but i think they need to be a little bit older yeah for me to feel more comfortable i hear you so okay. solo trips solo adult trips that's your preference i feel you I are we balance balance okay so for, for each trip i take by myself mm-hmm. i take him on another one so i don't feel as guilty Oh, I love that. That's a great tactic. Travel too. Like all the luxuries I afford myself, I kind of want him to experience. Right. Mm. I'm trying to get some trips in with him, but he came to Jamaica with me. So he, I think he's done for the year. Got it out his system. A- and what was that experience like? Because I, I haven't yet to take D on a international trip, though he does have some plan for the latter part of the summer. So the first time I took him international, he was one. Hmm. and that was a task on the plane he didn't want to sit mm-hmm. he didn't want to stand he didn't want to play he just he wanted to he wanted to be all over the place so he was uncomfortable maybe he was too hot he was a little miserable and then at four this year he was good he didn't sleep as much as I thought he would but he was good he watched tv on the I plane the screen in front of him he got mm-hmm. the hang of that he controlled his own entertainment wow and the wasn't that long, so he was okay I, I would i had a lot of time i had fun nice. even watching yes i do remember the pictures and so curious you know you said two things actually that stood out to me one you like to afford your son the luxuries that you experience. And I think that's great advice to existing parents, future parents to keep in mind. You know, one of the ways you can avoid the mommy guilt, the daddy guilt is to kind of have a balance. We're not saying not to take your solo trips because I'm all for solo trips, but also take those joint trips with your kids for them to kind of experience the world, get cultured and, and you know, start that early versus because we were taking on trips when we were younger, but it was super young. And then the first like, international trip I could like fully wrap my mind around was as like a, a 18, 19 year old when I went to Europe. So right. I think it's so great that you started even at four because they do remember the experiences that stick out like that in the future. So that's really great that you're acclimating him. And what advice would you say? Because uh, I love to you know provide our, our listeners with tools, tips, strategies. How, what advice would you say to parents for those who are considering taking them out of the country for the first time? Just have a bunch of activities for them to do. Remember that kids really only stay focused on one thing for about 40 minutes. So have things planned specifically for them mm-hmm. instead of just you know having them tag along with things that you want to do. Very good. I love that. So take a little bit more time to to look into the itinerary that is more kid specific and kid friendly, so they get lost in the adult. Doesn't have to be the whole thing, right? Just some some at least once a day. I'm taking notes myself, child. Thank you. That's some great advice. So you guys are really good. I love that. Absolutely, and we got some some actual tips and strategies for the parents out here, and our this or that, which is why I love this or that's too. Uh, so we're going to move right along and talk about pop news. I haven't talked about pop related news in such a long time. So I love to kind of give them a little taste of some pop stuff um, and what our take is on that. And as it pertains to millennial parenthood, we had a lot going on in the past couple of weeks, you know, as it pertains to those who co-parent. And I really wanted to talk about that. So most recently, We'll start off with Tristan, even though we're not going to talk too much about him, just because I feel like what he does with Chloe is something a lot of moms have to deal with, you know, and and we're not going to say fathers don't deal with this too, but I feel like there's a certain level of gaslighting that he has done, you know? So for those who are like, hmm, what, what happened? Essentially, Tristan has been known, he's a basketball player who's with one of the Kardashians, Chloe, who's your favorite, right, Tiva? I do love her. Yeah. Chloe's pretty cool. And essentially, 
they share a daughter and he has had some indiscretions, we'll say that, in the past, quite a lot of them. But then, you know, during the pandemic, they're together and, you know, they're posting the pictures and, and Chloe has been pretty mum when it comes to the relationship. But for some reason, Tristan likes to just say quite a lot, you know, trying to highlight her motherhood and, and her ex-husband, Lamar, had reached out and, you know, posted a little something, like a little comment on the gram. And he was like, you don't want none of this, son, essentially. Like, don't come for her because she's mine. And I feel like there is just a level of ownership that a lot of guys have for the moms of their kids. And there's just a lot of gaslighting because like, how are you going to be cheating on her? But then also trying to act like she's your possession. I was just curious what you, you guys' thoughts are on that. Because I feel like, one, it's a public spectacle. People always have something to say. And they're like, essentially, just like, what are you doing, sir? And it looks bad on yeah, the I don't understand it either, but mm-hmm. it, it, is it ego? I certainly think so. You mean on his back? Yeah. I feel like it has to be. Because he's, he's embarrassed. Like, this is supposed to be mine. But it's just like, don't you think about what you put your mom through? How do you think she feels? She's embarrassed when you go and you have your repeated indiscretions. But you know, when it was him and... Uh, what was uh, what's her name? When Tristan had the experience. Oh, um, Kylie's friend. Yeah, with Kylie's friend, Jordan. Jordan. Jordan Woods. When Jordan and Tristan had the experience, Chloe was trying to tarnish Jordan's reputation. When Tristan was the one at fault, I think more than anything. I'm not blaming anyone more than the other, but she tried to tarnish her. So it does go both ways. In Jordan's place. She knows the back and forth with them. Why even put yourself in that position? Mm. I'd stare completely away from them. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's definitely toxic. Toxic gaslighting. On the reverse, we have someone like Joe Budden, who's very known for being just really out of pocket, saying a lot of out there outlandish things on his podcast. He actually came to the support of his baby mama, which I loved. He talked about Sin Santana's music video that came out like a week ago and it got quite a lot of buzz and it got quite a lot more support, I would say, just because of the weight that Joe Budden's podcast kind of has for the culture. And I absolutely loved it. He had a podcast episode where they actually recorded his like reaction to her music video and they had, you know, a pretty public, not so good, a bad breakup in the eyes of the yeah. public, you know? And for him to come to support his his baby mama, I don't really like using that term, but to support the mother of his child, her music video, I thought that was so beautiful. I, I love that her. for her. She's been through a lot. She's raising his child. Her mm-hmm. work never stops. She really does deserve the extra support. And I love that he's giving it to her because we know how <laughs> these men can be. Oh, gosh. And you know, it wasn't like a, a paid thing, like, yo... Can you say something good? It was very in the moment. So it was authentic. Mm-hmm. What do you think, sis? Um, I did watch the video. It was it was a decent video for him coming to, you know, support her in terms of bringing it up on his podcast. I thought that was really nice. I think we, as mothers, we all need that. Mm. Just validation. Mm-hmm. I feel like it means more when... The father of your child says it, you know, especially with so much going on right now. Mm-hmm. I think that was a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. And I know she she appreciated it. Mm-hmm. I do love their relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, the one, you know, when yeah. they were together. Yeah. They seemed really happy. That's interesting. You said it would mean more. Because um, I feel like as mothers, we hear it sometimes a lot from other people. Like, oh, you're doing a good job. But mm-hmm. when it comes from the father, like you recognizing that, I think that's a lot. I would have to say I agree, especially as it pertains to rearing the kids. Like not everyone may have that relationship where they even care to have the other person weigh in on what they're doing professionally or extracurricularly or whatever. But I think it certainly matters if you are afforded the opportunity, you have a good enough relationship with the other parent of your child when they actually uh, acknowledge the work that you do with raising the child that you share, I think that matters. I think that's something that, you know, should be universal. We know it's not universal. Not everyone has that experience, 
but I feel like what I want to hear on Mother's Day is you doing a good job. Eh, you doing a good job. <laughs> yes. And now we're going to end off, you know, similar in the Sin Santana realm is Erica Mina. Oh my goodness, a safari. So we saw in like the past week and two weeks, homeboy, his birthday happened, Safari's birthday. And, I, you know, there's some redemptive qualities to Safari that maybe <laughs> y'all haven't seen as yet because this is as recent as like yesterday. But essentially, Safari's birthday was a couple weeks ago and he was in Jamaica while Erica Mina, their, their second baby, was in the NICU. He was seen in Jamaica doing his little corny behind dances. It, he just bruh. looked his brooka. I'm like, bro, it's 2021. Why why are you still doing this one? Two, you look so lame. Like everyone in the shade room always says this guy is so trash. He's so lame. Even when he was with Nicki Minaj. The only redemptive thing about him is that he's Jamaican, but I don't even know if he even gives us a he's not even a good look for the culture. But I'm just saying so He's in Jamaica celebrating his birthday. Nothing wrong with celebrating your birthday, but you're doing it overseas when your child is in the NICU. And you all... Yes. What what do you think, hon? Immaturity? That's very immature. And it's like he's purposely disrespecting her and going out of his way to just not be present in an important time in not one, but two people's lives. So I don't know if he's teaching her a lesson because apparently she did some things to him first. Mm-hmm. But it's just not okay. It's not okay. And then and later I, on, he's gonna reflect on it. And he's gonna feel bad, right? That is so yeah. true because these this footage will re- forever remain. This is something you have to think about. Like my kids can see this in the future. What are they gonna think? How are they gonna view me? How are they gonna view my actions? Especially knowing you were in a NICU. A NICU is a neonatal intensive care unit, meaning. I believe the baby was born early. There were complications and there's just anything can happen. Being in an ICU, it's intensive, like critical care. And I think there's, there has to be a level of heartlessness for you to leave the country and to be celebrating when your child is essentially hooked up to monitors and could be in a situation where they're, they're fighting for their lives. They're a baby, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think I think that's so, so incredibly embarrassing on Erica Mina's part but then also like you said it's immature and it's and it's sad I also think that unfortunately and I just had this conversation this week I think when mothers are pre- it's so sad right because even the Chloe and Tristan he had a major indiscretion he was in a cheating scandal right before Chloe had her baby and a lot of people were speculating that that kind of forced her into labor I think a lot of men make really poor decisions when women are in this most vulnerable state, pregnancy and immediately after the postpartum period. The hormones are on a trillion. Our body is going through quite a lot. And I feel like whenever there is some tension in the relationship, men find that this is an opportune time to make all these poor decisions. I, I, you know, I've watched some reality TV and there's always, without fail, some man, some bozo, married or not, who's cheating on their wives when they're pregnant. Like, oh, we didn't, we didn't have the ability to have sex, you know? And this is a grown-up show, so we could talk about these things. Like, we weren't able to, okay. to be intimate, you know what I'm saying? So I made this, this poor indiscretion. I made this choice, blah, blah, blah. And they try to political, politicize it. What do you think, sis? I feel like Safari had been corny and had this behavior way before. Uh-huh. Erica took a chance on it and it backfired. Right. When they were good, like they're, during their marriage, getting married and uh-huh. dating, it seemed heavenly. And she even said it in the last episode. Everything was blissful. She didn't expect this. But then after that first baby, he said he wanted a vasectomy. Wow. I didn't know and that. then, yeah, she's like... I didn't yes. know that either. Yeah, yes, it was on yesterday's episode um, of Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, because she no Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. They joined the cast. Yes, yes, so she recently like, she found out that she was pregnant with the boy at twenty three weeks. She didn't even know she was. pregnant. <gasps> oh wow! She was like in the second trimester. 
That's very late in the pregnancy to find 23 out. 23 weeks. And she told him at his, like she had something at her house mm-hmm. for him, like this Jamaican theme. She invited <laughs> Spice. He's so obsessed. With Spice? What? No, with Jamaican. Jamaican culture. Like I get yeah. it, but. If you're from there, you shouldn't even be doing all that. Like they had, you don't have to force it. It was everywhere. So he had this Jamaican theme that she planned and and she presented that she was pregnant. And he was like, not, it was the worst response to her being pregnant ever. It was so disrespectful. What he said? Essentially, he was like, he brought the, I thought, you know, like, I thought I told you I didn't want no more kids. And he said it on several, several occasions that, you know, just, nasty things to her like when she was pregnant she was really big and it's just like no huh this is the married right they're married and he always says it he wasn't he was not ready he wasn't ready he wasn't ready at all so now two kids in a marriage on the rocks like salt on the rim and he even posted he posts that (laughs) getting married was the worst mistake (laughs) of his life he said that it's just right? like, no. the, the lesson here, ladies, is to choose wisely. Yeah. And don't ignore red yeah. flags. Don't he was the biggest red flag ever. Mm-hmm. He's just screamed a red flag. red flag. So she unfortunately she's in the position that she's in now, but she can always leave it. She can always glow up. She can be who she is with her kids, just be a great mom. Mm-hmm. And find someone who would treat her right and her kids right mm-hmm. i'm telling these, these mothers finding these no good men after mm-hmm. you know but wait in on it yeah. thanks for that tea and there's some lessons learned you know choosing trying your best yeah, i mean you try your best because a lot of times they're i mean yes they're less, usually red flags that sometimes we overlook we ignore mm-hmm. uh but you know i've been hearing a lot of talk about representatives being shown but you would think if you've gotten to the point of marriage you've seen beyond their representative and you've seen their true colors i would say even if in the point of marriage you're recognizing if you have the luxury of time and you're recognizing these recurring red flags it's better to walk away with having been divorced without a child that would keep you you know keep you with this person connected exactly than not how do you think, Sharon? I think that's true. You really have to put a lot of thought into it. But, you know, sometimes things just happen and then you have to find a way to move forward with your life regardless. But yeah. if you can really plan for better, you should. <laughs> yes. And not to knock, I mean, we've knocked Safari, but sometimes it's not a hopeless situation, right? Sometimes, especially if they if they decide to take the route to divorce and they're co-parents or parallel parenting, we talk about that. Parallel is not ideal, but it's that situation where we can't co-parent because there's so many differences. We don't have the best communication. You know, we're not even at the point where we are friends or anything. So you have them, you make your decisions. I have them, I make my decisions that pertains to the kids and we're doing it in parallel. Co-parenting is when you have a lot more communication, you're doing it a lot more collaboratively. But what I wanted to say about Safari is that he can be a good parent in the future. I can't say he's a good parent now being in Jamaica when his kid is in the NICU, right? But if they decide to divorce, he can be the best parent for his kids. That's regardless, That's you know, regardless of a relationship. It's as simple as that. That's what matters, ladies. (laughs) You know, doing it for the kids, doing it for the kids. Now, to move on over into the hot mom summer topic, what are we doing? What are we doing, ladies? It is now July. We still got another month of summer, hot girl summer, hot mom summer. What are we doing? What's an ideal hot mom summer? Let's start off there. Some of us, our plans may still be in the works, but Sherelle, I'm going to start with you. (laughs) Because you are who I look up to. You are legit who I look up to when it comes to having hot girl, hot mom summers. Do you hear me? You have hot mom everything, every season. I'm just going to say that. I think you are so good. That's so funny. I feel like I'm a granny. I can say that. The hot mom summer thing, it doesn't mean that we're for the streets. (laughs) I love that. It's just about like reminding people that we're not just moms, you know, we're special individuals with our own identities and personal values and ideas for enjoyment. 
So that's that's really what it's about. We're not for the streets. But so happy to yeah. <laughs> vacation. And this is the year 30 for most of the um girls in my tribe. So everyone wants to travel abroad or do something special. So this year I've been celebrating a lot of the 30th birthdays and it's it's so it's so much fun. I don't turn 30 this year, so it's it's fun that I get to just attend everything and not worry about planning my own right now. So yeah. And I'm looking forward to your 30th in September. Yay, my 30th is coming. She said I'm old. I'm not. <laughs> So yes, I turned 30. There's this new chapter. We will be in the Caribbean. I'm so excited for that. We have our resort. And what I will say is we will be, I won't say where, because I'll probably have an episode that I record when we're there. That would be fun. Would you be down for that? That would be so fun. On the beach or something. That would be super cool. So we won't say where, but I will say. We will be having margaritas on the beach because it will be Caribbean Island. So I will say that. Super excited about that. Ooh. But yeah, so we approaching that. And so I think it's important, mom or not, that one thing I have learned as a parent, and this applies to solo, but also family, is to celebrate. Especially when Darius was really young, I was very intentional about celebrating Christmases and making a big deal out of that celebrating thanksgivings making it a big deal even halloween at one point like i took him to the botanical garden some people may not focus on that holiday maybe saint patrick's is what you want to focus on you know it is what it is you can create holidays find time even if it's a saturday you don't have to wait for it to be a holiday be very intentional about celebrating with your kids birthdays doing the most because it only happens when you do it they only turn X once, you know what I mean? They only turn one once, two once, three once. You know, they, you only have these these Christmases, especially if you're a young parent, use that time to do the most with them. I had a- And it doesn't have to be really big either. It can be simple, but as long as it's, you know, meaningful to the both of you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You too, right? Yeah, I feel like- with the girls, I mean, every birthday that they've had so far, I go out the way to, you know, plan something, go away mm-hmm. and, you know, just make sure they know that this is their birthday mm-hmm. and this day is about them. Yes. But even otherwise, like other than a holiday, like their birthday or something, just spending time with them. I used to just drive just to the most randomest places with them and mm-hmm. just, it's just us. Mm. It's mommy and daughter time. Like, right. Those times, they, uh, I don't know if they'll remember it, but hopefully they'll remember. They will. I feel like there's a bank, even if it's not the details. They're like, yeah, mommy used to take us here. We Mm -hmm. used to go on drives and things like that. And, you know, Sherelle, you actually started off by sharing what a hot mom summer is. How would you define it, Tiva? Sherelle, you mentioned that it doesn't mean you for the streets. It just sounds it does. (laughs) Not where where (laughs) Sherelle is concerned, you know, but yeah, sometimes it does. But in her, in her sense, it's just, Taking intentional time. Right. Yeah. To to have summer for me. I've been very calm. Felt like my 2020 was a little bit stressful for me and I did a lot. And my 2021 was a reminder to calm down and slow down. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. I haven't been really doing much, Mm -hmm. but spending time with the girls, even though they're in summer camp. Okay. It's, you know, a chance for me to collect myself and think about my next steps mm. you know mm-hmm. it's it's a lot yeah so i'll just say that i don't want to get into detail of course you know mm-hmm. and, and i do know you sherelle your, your son is also in summer camp so that's something parents y'all could look forward to because there's a lot you go through in the fall and the spring in the in the winter when they're in school what have you there's a lot right you're picking them up you're dropping them off you're helping them with homework in the summertime it's a good opportunity for you parents to Yes, unwind. So you can spend your time, you go on your little field trips, you know, go to Splish Splash and all these places, but do look into summer activities for them. And when they're in their activities, their summer camps, their tennis camp, their baseball camp, their soccer camp, whatever camps, you spend time with you. Collect your thoughts. You can wind down. You could plan for the for the fall. You could plan your birthday. You can 
you know, go on your little happy hours or your brunches, what have you, you know? I feel like I haven't really taken advantage of it. What you said, Sharon? Oh, I said, even if it's for just a few hours, you mm-hmm. feel like a completely different person with 120 minutes to yourself. Right. So true. Completely different. You're so right. You don't have wailing babies in the background, you know, vying for your attention. Use that time wisely. And that was a question I was going to ask you, like, how do we reclaim our time? How do you spend that 120 minutes? How would you recommend moms, especially? Because there's, there's a lot of guilt that comes with, with reclaiming their time. Did you? And we could start off with that. Like, did you ever experience mom guilt? Like when you were taking your, your trips, your travels with friends, Sherelle, and then I'll come to you, Tiva, second. Did you ever experience that mom guilt? I experienced mom guilt, but when he was younger and he was a baby and I would do a girl's trip for just like three or four days, I would miss him a lot. But I know I left him with my family and he's in good hands, but I would miss him and I would wonder if he was missing me. Mm-hmm. But I, I think when he was younger, he wasn't really missing me as much as he would miss me now. Yeah. Because he would FaceTime me in a party. He would ask me when I'm coming home. Oh, yeah. And now it's less of guilt. It's like, I want to go out more. <laughs> for real, for real. Okay. Yeah. So, no, not really with the kids. I think I've been pretty balanced. Exactly. And I think what helps is that you you have that shared time, too, where you're very intentional about making sure you, you carve time out with him. It was like, well, we did our little thing on Tuesday. You know, we went out to eat or we did this, that, and the third. So mommy wants to be at a party right now. See you when I get home. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, it also teaches them to not be so selfish and self-centered. Mm. It, it is about them, yes. But as they continue through life, it's not always going to be about them. And I, I want them to, I want him to grow with that fairness. That, that um, yeah, that fear. That sense of being fair when it comes to other people's time and energy as he gets older. Okay. Because we know what a self-centered man feels like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, we are training them to be adults, young men and young women. So I absolutely love that perspective and that philosophy for sure. Everything cannot revolve around them 24-7. They have to have a level of understanding when it comes to now is about me and now it's not about me. So what am I going to do about that? Let me manage my time in a way that's not going to make me feel so needy. So yeah, their little minds can grasp that for sure. What do you think? Mom guilt. I feel like I have a lot of that too. Mm -hmm. Um, Me and their dad Mm -hmm. (laughs) co-parents. We co-parent, but like if I'm going out, I would wait for them to be with him mm-hmm. other you know opposed to with grandma okay because they have that other parent they have that attention that I feel like grandma can't give them all the time because she works all day you know but like even with my three week break that I just had mm-hmm. where I was away from them mm-hmm. I felt so guilty mm-hmm. like I would call them and I would order them food and snacks that they like and I'll send it to his house just so they know I'm thinking about them and I want to be there with them, but I just can't be there with them. So I do feel that a lot. And I feel like with girls, because I'm a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like I can give them something that their dad can't. And that is, you know, just basic attention that, because he works all day too, but Mm -hmm. he works from home, Mm -hmm. but, and I'm not working right now. So Mm -hmm. I have that, you know, we're always communicating and I'm, always feeding them if they're hungry like Mm -hmm. something that he can't provide but I still feel comfortable because he's their dad and he loves them and they love him Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. at least they have that other parent I just rather that than you know that reminds me of our mother too this when you're like oh you know I want them to know I'm thinking about them like our mom definitely did stuff like that so that has certainly rubbed off on you just finding ways even in your absence how can they know I'm thinking about them and they love snacks so yeah, speaking their language, their sweet language. <laughs> I love that. I have a question for you. Your twins, when you check up on them and call them, how do they respond to you? Are they Thank just Thank you like, for asking. Oh. They're very rude. <laughs> so when they're with their dad is where 
I feel the most in my feelings because they were the other parents. So mm-hmm. my absence clearly doesn't mean as much. So I'll call them. I feel like, and I'm calling them and reaching out to them more. Like I bought them iPads mm-hmm. and it's not the best responses that I yeah. would, you know, be looking for, but what could we do? I just show them yeah. the love when they're with me. <laughs> they uh, they literally just they all over the place they're like i'll call you back and just be hanging up and i'm like and they don't call me back sometimes (laughs) and i'm just like but when they come back to me i'm just like you didn't call me back i just don't understand Mm -hmm. but i feel like as mothers we can only do so much we can show them the love we can do everything plan everything and i feel like that other parent always just sometimes come out victorious Mm -hmm. you know and most loved but I know girls gravitate towards their daddy and daddy's girls anyway. So yeah. I feel like that kind of makes me feel better sometimes. Yeah. It's so. a universal thing for a lot of kids. So but to say I'm on a son, it's just not going. It's not going. I'm done with kids. Okay. You'll get what you ask for. You'll get, you'll get more attention no. than you ever asked for. I'll get two and I don't want any. Yeah, she been she she was talking about having twin boys. I was like, really? Yeah, I would have loved that, but I'm I would prefer to have twin boys because twin. he would have a lot. He would have a best friend from birth, and right. I think they keep each other busy. And I was saying that so with twins, yeah. they do for the most part. They barely pay me any mind unless they want like food right. or like a mother's attention which is not often but they keep each other so busy and entertained that I don't do much <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me and I remember when I was pregnant I was always afraid that I would have twins because they run in my family I have so many family members that have had twins or are twins mm-hmm. And I was scared. Me and Toya had that. I, I don't think it would be that bad. It would be a lot of work. I know that. It's a lot of work at the beginning. I was going to say sure. that. At the beginning. Yeah. I didn't sleep for the first four months. Wow. But after that, they keep each other company. Yeah. They fight a lot. They do. They do struggle. Which is the opposite of just a single child. Because it was, for me, it was less work in the beginning. Mm. And more. <laughs> And it's more now. <laughs> I, I always hear that with single moms, single twin moms, right? With, with one yeah, kid. Yeah, I always hear that, especially with a son and a mother. I heard that they're very clingy, and we know You've that seen from Darius. Dang, that's not put my information on. Sorry, but <laughs> we know that from her son that he follows her around the house. Yeah. And she goes to the bathroom. He goes but to the bathroom. A lot of kids he follow their parents to the bathroom. But no, I agree. No, he follows everywhere. There's nowhere she can go in the house that he doesn't follow her and want her around. Right. And I'm sure if he doesn't see her within like five minutes, he's like, Mommy, where oh, are you? Where are How you? My sight. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. 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 <laughs> and you know what? Mommies appreciate that because when they get older, they're going to be her. You know what I'm saying? They're going to have their girlfriends. They're going to have all these girls trying to vie for their attention. So you better soak it on up now when they're young, when they're interested in you, <laughs> when they want to be up so under awesome. your armpits, like take it, yeah. appreciate it, value it. And I feel like it's such a great time for you to instill in them, even as annoying as it can get, all the values, all the love that you want to pass on because they're there to listen and they're absorbing. Like when I'm around you and your son, Sherelle, I, I love it because there's a lot of mannerisms that you have, that he has. The level of responsibility, his cleanliness, like all these things he would never get if otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Like if he wasn't following you around, if he wasn't zeroing in and giving you as much attention as as you give him. So I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And now that, you know, Darius is down south for this summer, I'm like, you know what? I miss him. After like a week or two, there's a space where you're like, dang, like I miss all of that. Exactly. So that's why I would definitely say appreciate it when it when you have that that level of closeness and attention and and, and all that. Now we I just want to you know kind of wind down. You know we've talked about kind of reclaiming our time. We've talked about mom guilt, dealing with mom guilt. But I 
curious to know what you guys think about self-care. That is a buzzword, more than a buzzword. It's a movement. There are a lot of companies that cater to self-care. And I think as moms, it's so important that we take care of ourselves. And I'm curious how you guys take time to self-care. I'll start off. I will say that I'm not the best person. <laughs> like I did purchase a uh, a massage that ha- and I probably talked about this months ago. Still haven't gone on it. But I think I know, girl, I, I need accountability. I think that's that's something I could share with the with the folks. Have people who will hold you to accountable for taking care of yourself sometime. For some women, they don't need nobody to tell them when to, to, to take their bubble baths. <laughs> Go get their nails done, their hair done, everything did. But other other moms, check on your mommy friends who don't pour into themselves to take care of themselves. But what I have done recently that I love, and it's something I've done at home, is literally just doing my nails, getting my hair done at a salon. Like, oh my God, especially with the pandemic, like nobody was at salons. And I wasn't going to salons probably even before the pandemic because I'll go to you know, I'll probably have like a braider or something and they'll come to the home or I'll do whatever myself. So I went to the salon maybe like a month or so ago, twice this year. And I remember sitting down in the chair and the beautician washing my hair and I just sank in the chair. Like, oh my God, this feels so good. This head massage feels, it's something as simple as going to the hair salon, having somebody else wash my hair was the most luxurious experience ever. So doing my nails. Right, many forms. Robin? Yes. It comes in many forms. You are an advocate for self-care, Sherelle. Tell the people how you self-care and what advice you have for them for that. Uh, I know I learned a lot about myself. Like since I became a mom, I realized that I tire quickly and then I need more time to recharge than before. And it's maybe because my child is getting bigger and there's more interaction, there's more mental work. I'm engaging with him more and giving mm-hmm. him more direction, direction. I'm teaching him how to lead conversations and that takes patience. But in terms of self-care, I think for me, the best way I navigate that is by staggering activities. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be any kind of activity. It can be an event I'm going to. It can be a show that I like to watch weekly. It can be an option, a chore or an errand that just requires me to do anything more than just lying on the bed. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of stagger it throughout my week because I, I work full time also. So I just don't have all day to do everything I want to do. Right, right. I, I kind of plan for the week and do mm-hmm. certain things on certain days so that I'm just not too overwhelmed. Planning your self-care probably works for me. I love that. So I talked about accountability. You talked about staggering it and scheduling it, you know, not feeling like you have to do everything all at once, especially for those who work full time. Absolutely love that advice. Love that. What would you, what would you add to that in terms of self-care? My self-care, now that I'm not working full time anymore, Mm -hmm. my self-care seems like it's every day. Mm -hmm. Especially now that they're in summer camp, I have just time. Yeah, um, milk it. Yeah. So, you know, I watch the TV. I do just get things done that I need to do that I can't do and feel like I can't do when I have them. So I've been relaxing and enjoying this time because I know when I go back to work, yes. it's going to be totally different. And when school starts back, Ooh, it's going to yeah. be different because then they're, they're going to come home, it's homework. Yes. Everything is going to be a little bit more limited. So. Using this time wisely. Mm-hmm. I love that. For me, you know, I, you you mentioned essentially rest. <laughs> Did you mention rest? That's what I, I heard. I <laughs> That's what I've seen. <laughs> oh, you should talk to yourself. I'm like, I'm well rested, rested. Girl, moms, get some rest. That's certainly how I define self-care a lot is resting, recharging. Cheryl, you mentioned that you need time to recharge a lot more than before. So I would certainly add that. And it doesn't have to be extravagant things. We love luxurious things. I'm all for it. But the simplest things can give you the greatest pleasure watching a nice movie. For me, I love me some house hunters. So as y'all probably know, 
watches some house hunters getting some rest all these things so yeah it doesn't have to to be something impossible it can be something that's very attainable and doable in your periods of time but being intentional about doing that and because everything for me is very scheduled I think that's something I'm taking away from this conversation I need to just schedule that time as much as I'm scheduling interviews as much as I'm scheduling social media posts and postings and engagement and you know eventually school I need to be very intentional about the time that I take for me so I've learned quite a lot from you ladies Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I enjoyed this. Yes, girl. Ask away. So I have a preschooler and he's going to pre-K for the first time. He's going to school for the first time in September. So like what advice you have for me navigating, you know, him coming home and getting the homework done. Mm. I'm going to say this. Is it New York? Yeah, it's New York. So, because they just left pre-K and they're starting kindergarten in September. Mm-hmm. So don't overly stress yourself. In New York, pre-K doesn't count as a real grade. This is just for okay. them to socialize. I mean, while he might get homework from school, you know, it's not the biggest deal. But I would say have him treat it as kindergarten. Because I feel like I didn't take it the most serious because it's not a real grade. But now that they're transitioning, it's so new to them because I'm stressing that this is kindergarten and this is a real grade and you will get left back. And they don't get it as yet mm. you know, because I've been saying kindergarten is not a real grade, but now pre- this is a real pre-K, grade. Yeah. I mean, pre-K wasn't a real grade, but so treat it as it is a real grade, but don't stress yourself because you know okay. that he don't tell him that. I would say that just right. avoid that, you know, saying that it's not important because it is. They're learning a lot in pre-K and then they're, they're learning themselves in pre-K. They're socializing, mm-hmm. which is all important. So mm-hmm. that was my mistake, <laughs> you know. Lessons learned and advice. Advice I would have for them starting school for the first real big kid school would be to structure. Structure is important. I think structure is good for kids when they know what to expect. I think that really helps. I have conversations with Darius about everything. You know, if he's about to go on a trip, if he's about to do anything, talk to him about it. Like this is, this is what you're getting into pre-K. I'm trying to think like, I think it's similar to like the daycare when you're leaving them in a world for the first time and you're just like, okay, kind of go fend for yourself. Like I remember the first day of school and I was working, this was pre-pandemic and he started I remember that day so fondly. I remember being in the office, taking his pictures when he had his little ponytail, he had his lunchbox, he had his tie on. He looked like he was going to work. He looked like a whole boss baby. You know what I'm saying? And he talking to him, he just kind of felt like, all right, I'm entering this world. But my mom had this conversation with me as small as they are. So they kind of know what to expect versus, all right, here you are. I'm dropping you off. Have fun. And he's an old soul too. So yeah, having the conversation with kind of, kind of prepping him and priming him. I even think, you know, summer camp is good because he's getting used to being dropped off, picked up right. and being without mommy. Right. And so having that conversation was important, but at the same time, because they are so young, there's emotions that come with it. So I didn't leave him that first day for a while because he did start crying um, when he realized, all right, this is a real thing. So he was, he was a bit tearful. So I had to stay with him a while. But just talking to him each and every day. How was school today? What did you learn today? I love asking what was your favorite part about school today? Like even picking up my sister's twins from camp. What was your favorite part about today? So that even if they have a rough time, there's something that they can pick up from their memory bank that is like, all right, this was actually not that bad because this was a highlight. You know, I enjoyed coloring or I enjoyed playing tag. So that would be, I think, the advice that I have. Having conversations with them about it. And then the structure, because it's a real school day. You're going to work and coming back. They're going to school and coming back. I feel like the easiest thing is to kind of have a schedule. And all right, even if it's not so rigid, because I'm not a rigid person, it's like they know what to expect. All right, we're doing homework. And I think you you similarly shared this too. We have our bath time, we have our book time, and we have our bedtime. And then you also schedule time where you do something that's activity-wise with them outside of school, 
each day. And advice I have for all parents too is be in tune with what your kids are have a proclivity for. They're naturally good at or really interested in Mm -hmm. and feeding that. Like Darius loves science and experiments. So I bought him a lab set. I bought him a book of experiments. If your children, you know, I bought her kids like um, Nyla a sketch pad because she loves to draw. Mm. Feeding those things. And as he goes to school, he's going to recognize, oh, I really like science or I really like math or I really like art or like this. Paying attention to that and feeding into it so that, that those skills and those talents can naturally grow. This is rich. That's true. Do you have any questions? I love this because I'm usually the one asking questions. So I love, <laughs> I love that you guys ask questions. Now that she brought that up, because I just remember the, the girls did pre-K remotely. Mm-hmm. So glad that's over. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't the best experience. So I'm so yeah, glad they're, that they're going back. In they're not going to pay attention. For more than 40 it was, and that's anything in person. Oh, I'm sorry they had that experience. Yeah, I'm glad in person is back in mm-hmm. September. Hopefully he'll he'll definitely have a better experience in yeah. pre-K in person than anyone would remotely, Virtually, you know, yeah. so. What I would say too, as young as they are, it's a foundation, you know? So I would say it was a pandemic when Darius was transitioning from pre-K into K and he did K remotely, but he did do pre-K in person. And I loved his school because I felt like they were teaching them skills, teaching them, you know, writing and arithmetic at a level that was beyond. And I find that even if your school may not be as rigorous, what you do at home, which is why I didn't mind him being at home, because I was like, I know I'm still going to teach him stuff. I'm still going to purchase books for him. You want to lay the right foundation for your kids. I don't mind my child being ahead of the classes. So I was doing things with him this summer between pre-K and K that I felt like they barely even just touched the surface in, in kindergarten. I was like, he was adding and subtracting in the summer when he was four. Now he's five going on six. So y'all just do a number recognition. Like he knows number 12. You know what I'm saying? So I would say to definitely see what they're doing in school, but don't be afraid to do beyond that. There's no shame, especially with our kids of color, but them to know more. Right, and hopefully there's someone there that notices and, you know, opportunities come for him. Yeah. This has been so much fun. How are we going to sign off, Hot Moms? What's the last thing you want to share that pertains to moms? It could be about self-care. It could be about mommy guilt. It could be about having time for themselves. Hey, make motherhood fun. Because Mm. as we're old, you know, we don't really have time. I mean, for me, I know I don't like to pretend play that much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that you both can do something so we went to six flags and you know six flags has children ride it has adult ride so we we both get to have fun make it fun and you know what you're going to enjoy versus not i would kind of just kind of build on what you had to share inviting them into your own world too you know something that i like to do that i think is a life skill i mean though i haven't done it in a little while is cooking and something that I could look back on, yeah, something I could look back on since he was a baby. I brought him even in the carrier, in the kitchen, or in his little rocking chair. He's in the kitchen, cooking Thanksgiving dinners. He's in the kitchen, getting him an apron, like doing things, like inviting him into the things that you do. He knows I'm on a podcast, and I think I've mentioned this before. I've had him record and do a sign-off. It's so cute. So inviting them into your world in a way that allows them to kind of expand. Like he's not going to do podcasting in school ever. You know what I'm saying? Especially at this young age. So inviting them into doing that, I think would be great. So what I would sign off with is, I feel like my girls are in this space where they're trying to find themselves, but they're so different. Mm -hmm. Like identity. Yes. So I'm allowing them to be themselves. I can be very strict Uh and I want things like, you know, one way, but they're kids and I have to remind myself that they're kids. So I would say that just having them be themselves without punishing them for being themselves, you know, I'd say that. Well, this was fun. I'm sure this will be the first of many panels in the future. And what I think I'm going to do is also have women submit questions for us because now We're like, what, five years in the game, 
six years if you include pregnancy, five years for you, you include pregnancy, Sherelle, as just motherhood. There's so much, there's a wealth of knowledge that we've all amassed from pregnancy, postpartum experience, and even the preschool experience, the daycare experience, the kindergarten, elementary school, Darius is going to first grade. Oh my gosh. So there's so much that we know and that we can share with other moms. So I would love if you guys could come back after I gather some questions and we do like a Q&A and share our experiences and advice. But I want to say thank you so much for interrupting your hot mom summer to be here. And I really value all you guys shared. And until next week, I hope you guys got quite a lot. Let us know. Share with me on social media, you know, what you guys think about this episode, what you'd like, what you'd like to learn in the future and what you'd like us to discuss in the future, because I'd love to have them back. But thank you so much, Tiva. Thank you so much, Sherelle. And until next week, everyone, take care. I just got out the gym. I went for a nice walk. And if you're not listening to a woman of her word podcast by my girlfriend, Latoya Sharice, you're missing out. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of A Woman of Her Word. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at A Woman of Her Word POD, short for podcast. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.